It's so easy to always believe for the future. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Revival is coming. And I believe God is saying, let's take it now. I'm going to do a new thing. And now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness for you. You feel like you're in the wilderness today? I know there are some people here this morning and you feel like you are in a wilderness. You don't know quite where you're going. It's dry. You're not hearing from God. I want to tell you this is the word for you. I will make a road in the wilderness. Remember, he did it for the children of Israel. Then he split the Red Sea and took them into the promised land. It's going to happen for you. Amen. I'll make a road in the wilderness and I'll put rivers in the desert for you. Hallelujah. Watch this. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. So what is this about jackals and ostriches? You know, if you go to South Africa and you go into a big game reserve, as you're driving along, you'll come across an area, the stench is terrible. And that is where the jackals live. You know, they're, they're scruffy, they're dirty, they, they don't smell good. When you drive there, you know, you want to throw a bar of Lux soap out and say, Mr. Jackal, take your family to the river and have a good wash. It's really not good. But th this here, the jackals, it represents sinners. And, and the Lord is saying, the beasts of the field will honor me. Even the jackals, sinners are going to come in because I'm going to give them water in the wilderness. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. It doesn't matter how, how much of a jackal you've been, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ will cleanse you from all sin. That is his promise. And if you're praying for family, never, never give up. God has a plan, a road in the wilderness for them to come back. Hallelujah. What about the ostrich? You know, the ostrich is a bird, but it thinks it's a horse. Have you seen ostriches? They've got wings, but they can't fly, and they try to go like a horse. And, and, and so, you know, the Lord says, even those who don't know who they are, you're a bird, but you think you're a horse. It doesn't matter if you... Those that don't know who you are, it also speaks of pride. But... The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin and can change any life so that you know who you are in Christ. Hallelujah. I'm going to do a new thing. Behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. In John chapter 9, verse 6, 
we, we have Jesus. He sees a man on the road who was born blind. And he, he, he ministers to this person. And uh, he was explaining it wasn't any, any fault of the parents. It wasn't the man's fault. He was born blind. And he said these things. Jesus spat on the ground and he made clay with the saliva and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the, day, with the clay. And he said to him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. So he went and washed and he came back seeing. I want you to notice this. Jesus didn't give this man healed eyes. He didn't heal his eyes. He had to give him brand new eyes because he was born blind. He'd never had eyes. He had to give him new eyes. And I want to say to you this morning, church, if there's anything in your life that you need to be new, new, maybe you need a new heart, maybe you need a new lung, what is it that you need to be new, not renewed, not just healed, but I need something new in my life. If that's you, just raise your hands. We're going to believe God right now. Father, I thank you that you have said, I will make all things new. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. And Lord, you see the faith of these people as they're reaching out to you. We ask that you would give them that new thing that they are believing for. I say to you in Jesus' name, receive it, receive it, receive it. There's a room in heaven filled with body parts and they are for you to bring down. Take it in Jesus' name. I was, I was speaking like this one day. I told the, the, the ladies about the room in heaven and uh, there was a new lady in the room and a couple of months later, she came back and she said, you know, I'm pregnant. We said, that's wonderful. She said, no, but you don't understand. I had a hysterectomy years ago. But when you told us there's a room in heaven with spare parts, she said, I said, God, I'm taking a new womb. And she became pregnant. The word of God is true. He's saying today, I'm going to do a new thing. And it's now. Will you believe the word of God today? It's a new thing. Hallelujah. You know, I, uh, I heard a story about... Um, Spurgeon. Spurgeon was a, he was known as the prince of preachers in London in his day. And one day he was asked to go and see a, a lady who was very ill. She was actually dying of malnutrition. He went into the room, just very poor, poor lady, didn't have enough food. And as he went into the room, he noticed there was a a piece of paper on the wall that was framed. And he, he had a look at it and he said to her, what is that piece of paper on the wall? Oh, she said, 
worked for a very wealthy lady. Oh, she was a wonderful woman. I worked for her for many years. And when she was dying, she gave me this piece of paper. And she said, keep it safe. And when I'm gone, you will need it. And so she said when she died, I put it on the wall and I framed it so that I would never forget her. And Spurgeon said, would you mind if I took that with me just for a couple of days? I just want to have a look at it. He took it to a lawyer. And sure enough, it was the last will and testimony of that lady. And she had left everything to this woman who had worked for her so faithfully. That woman was a wealthy woman, but she didn't know it because she didn't know she had an inheritance. She, she moved into a wonderful house. She got enough food. She got, enough, she got her health back. You know, Christians are like that lady. We have an inheritance in God. But we don't know what it is. We don't know because we don't read the last will and testament. We don't read our Bibles. It's that the New Testament is the last will. And we need to read it and find out what's in there because there's so much there for us, church. Behold, I'm going to do a new thing for you, church. Hallelujah. We're going to discover What's in the will for us? Amen. In Jesus' name. Ephesians 1.16 says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. This is Paul. And he says, I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. He says, I pray for you. Because you say, you know, praying is one of the, is part of the inheritance that we have. Part of our inheritance of sons and daughters of God is that we can talk to Almighty God. Isn't that amazing? We can talk to Him. And this scripture says that, that prayer will help you to grow in the knowledge of God. Prayer will give you spiritual wisdom and insight. Prayer will open the eyes of your understanding. Paul said, I'm praying for you. Without prayer, our, our spiritual hearts are not open. Without prayer, our spiritual eyes have no understanding. So we need to pray. We need to pray, church. And that is part of our, our inheritance. Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Notice there that it says we are his inheritance. Imagine one day when we're all in heaven and the Father opens the books and says, now Jesus, I want to tell you about your inheritance. Acts Church Bradford is your inheritance. Don't you want to live up to that, church? Don't you want to say, if I am his inheritance, I want to grow in knowledge. I, I want to, be, I want to be, be somebody that he's proud of. 
I, I want to fulfill the call of God on my life. I, I want to know what's in his word. I am God's inheritance. I, he has things to do. He wants you to do things you would never dream of doing. You know, when I was a child, I never dreamt I would be a preacher because I was way too shy. Brought up in the bush, never saw a white face. I remember when I was a little girl, about five, we came to England on furlough, and we went to a convention in Preston, and they made all the missionaries and their families sit on the platforms. And I remember saying, God, this is just not fair. All of these ghosts sitting in front of me, I don't want to be on this platform. That's what it felt like because I came from Africa. I wasn't used to people staring at me with people with white faces in particular. Scared me. I love you all today. I've changed. <laughs> But do you know your fears are probably the key to your future? Because the enemy will put fears on you to stop you from fulfilling your future. So you need to listen what you're thinking about and listen to what you're saying. And, and if you start saying, I'm too shy to do that or I'm afraid of doing that, it's probably the key to your future. And you need to do something about it. And you need to become the inheritance that God has made you to be. It changed for me when, you know, I did start to, um, to grow in the Lord. When I was 14, I began to teach a, a, a um, Sunday school, teach the children. When I got married, I, had a, I, I did a, a good news club for the children, for the little kids. Um, and so I, I began to partake in ladies' meetings and get a bit more confidence. But one day I got a phone call from a prophet in, in America. And she, when I heard her voice, I was like, oh, Judy, I'm so happy to hear from you. She says, this is not your ministry friend, G Judy. This, this is not your friend. Judy, this is a prophet of the Most High God speaking to you today. I began to tremble. And the Lord says, when I ask you to speak, why do you say there are better speakers than you? And she put the phone down. And you know she was right because I would get invitations and, and I would always say, why do you invite me to America to speak? It costs a lot of money. It's an airfare to America. It costs a lot of money to stay in a hotel. It costs the church a lot of money. Why do you do that when you've got such great speakers in your own country? But you see, it's not about that. When God has a plan for your life, you have, you have a certain people that you will meet that you will reach. There are other great speakers, they will reach their platform and their crowd. 
But God has a people that he wants you to reach. They may be on the streets. I've watched Natasha. And you know, that they'll, they'll be on the street and you try and give them a, a tract and they're like, no, thank you. Then Natasha comes along and she starts talking to them. And you know what she says? I used to be one of you. You see, she has, she has a message for a, for a group of people that can be changed by the power of God. People who need the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's you. That's you. You have a message for somebody. And church, I want you to say today, I'm going to allow God to do a new thing in my life. And it's going to start now. Amen? It's going to start now. Allow, I'm going to allow God to do this new thing. In Colossians 3.24, it says, Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So I ask myself, so who's getting the inheritance? Is God getting the inheritance, or am I getting the inheritance? If I read this, who's getting the inheritance? I'll tell you it's both. God's going to have his inheritance, but we also have an inheritance because we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And we are sharing his inheritance with him. And he has an inheritance for us that includes so much. It includes all your needs being met. It includes wisdom for life and godliness. It includes miracles and healings. It includes prophecy. It includes you know, don't just ask God for a new car. Ask him for the gifts of the Spirit. Because then you can have the faith for the new car and for everything else. For wisdom, for understanding, for miracles, for healings, for prophecy, tongues, interpretation. All of these things, you know. Look, look higher. What are you asking God for? Oh God, pay my rent. He, he, he wants to do that. That's part of your inheritance. But he's got so much more for you if you look to him. The scripture says in, in Hebrews 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come boldly to the throne. This is your inheritance. You can just come into the presence of Almighty God. How amazing is that? You know, our family are coming over. Uh, they're arriving on Friday. And, um, and after when they leave here, they're going to go to London. But do you know, they will not be allowed to just go into the king and say, Hi, we're here from South Africa. No. But God says, I want you to come boldly to my throne room. I want to meet with you. This is your inheritance. Hallelujah. Being able to speak to the King of Kings is, is a, 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 a wonderful inheritance that we have, that we can speak to him about anything. So what are you going to do if you're speaking to God and he doesn't speak back to you? 
When God is silent, what are you going to do? I was looking at some stories this week. When God was silent, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused to bow down to the golden image that the king had built. They said, we will not bow down. The king said, I'm going to throw you in the fire. I'm going to even make the fire seven times hotter. They said, oh, king, we will not bow down. Our God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't deliver us, we will still not bow down. And while that was going on, God was silent. I'm sure they absolutely believed that he would deliver them. And they were putting chains around them and binding them. And God was silent. I'm sure they thought, well, before we reach the fire, God will deliver us. But those soldiers picked them up and threw them into the fire. And God was silent. But suddenly, as they hit the fire, the fourth man was there with them and delivered them. I want to tell you, church, if you're in a situation right now, whatever it is, and you say, God is silent, just keep doing the right thing. Just keep honoring God. Don't start looking to man, going back to your past, trying to make money here and there where you shouldn't be. No, just believe. God, when God is silent, he's got a greater plan than you could ever imagine. Because this is what happened. In Daniel 3.26, as they brought those men out and they didn't even smell like smoke, their, their chains were broken, their cords were taken off. Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. Do you see that? They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make this decree. If any people, whatever, their race or nation or language, speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb. This, this king, you know, he really was quite violent. And their houses will be burned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. You see, God wanted to touch a nation. These three men, that God was silent. They had to go into the fire, but God wanted to touch a nation. Church, that's what God wants to do with your life. He wants you to touch your family. He wants you to touch your city. He wants you to touch your nation. Don't give up, shock it. When God is silent, keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep doing the right thing. Because God wants you to touch your nation. Hallelujah. What about Daniel? You know, Daniel was a man of prayer. We know that. And they wanted to get to Daniel because they, they really wanted to get rid of Daniel. And so they, said, they said to themselves, we can never make him fall in other, any other way except that 
that we must make him stop praying. So you know the story, how he went to the, they went to the king. They said, king, we just want to make you the only one we can pray for for 30 days. And then they watched Daniel. And of course, Daniel went to his room and started praying. And they had him. They went to the king. And they said, there's a man here who has disobeyed your, your rule. And the king realized he'd been trapped. And sure, Daniel thought, you know, the king will pardon me. But God was silent. I'm sure Daniel thought, well, they won't throw me into the lion's den because God won't allow that. I've got things to do here in Babylon. But God was silent. And I'm sure when, when they were about to throw him in the pit, they, Daniel must have thought, well, God's going to do something now. But God was silenced. And he was thrown into the pit. But when he got there, there was an angel. And he'd shut the lion's mouth. And Daniel had a lovely sleep on the back of a fluffy lion that night. And this is the end result. Daniel 6.26, the king makes a decree. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miracles, signs, and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the powers of the lions. Church, he'll do the same for you. Hallelujah. Let's not give up now. It's so easy to say, oh, they've been talking about revival for so long. That's when we don't give up. Amen. That's when we say, Lord, I believe you're giving a word. You're going to do a new thing, and it's going to start now. That's when we stand up and say, God, I'm here. And I don't feel like I'm anything or anybody, and I'm way too shy, and I'm not educated enough, but God, whatever you can do with my life, I want you to do it. Does anybody feel like that in the room today? Hallelujah. Paul and Silas, they were put into, into prison for casting out a, 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 the demon from a young girl, but God was silent. And at midnight, they began to sing, and God was silent. But then suddenly, there was an earthquake, and the prison doors were open, and their chains were broken, and... Uh, Everybody was safe. Nobody ran away. The jailer wanted to kill himself because he thought they'd all escaped. But this is what happened. Acts 16.34. And he, the jailer, brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. You know, if you will trust God when he's silent, your whole household will come to the Lord. If you'll just trust, keep trusting God, don't give up. Don't fall into a pit of depression. Just keep going because God is about to do something mighty in your household, in your family, in this city. There's roadworks going on. There's all sorts happening in Bradford. And it's all because we have called Bradford blessed, Bradford beautiful, and Bradford 
you're a place for business and they're preparing the way for us. Hallelujah. They say it'll take 18 months. But I want to tell you, people are going to come to Bradford. Why? Because they're seeking God. They're going to seek God here. Mark my words. Hallelujah. You know, there was a, a story about the prodigal son that almost every preacher preaches every week. But it's such an amazing story. But in, in this story, the son comes to his father and, and he says, give me what is mine. And it's so, it's so easy to do that to God. He, this young son wasn't ready. He shouldn't have had his inheritance yet. But he said to the father, give me what is mine. And then you know the story, how he, he, just, got, he just spent his, his inheritance on wine, women, and song. What a waste. Give me what is mine. You know, the father owns everything. But sometimes we love our ministry more than we love the master. And when things are not going right for us in the church, we just say, I'm going to take what's mine, and I'm leaving. And, and I just want to, I just want to, Comfort you, church, today. Because I know there's a stirring in the spirit. This is a time when, when the enemy is going to say to you, stop praying, it's not working. Don't go to Bible school anymore. It's not going to help you. Don't go to, 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 to Bible study you can do that at home. There is a, sh a, a shifting, a movement in the spirit, church, that we are seeing. And that, what, that is why God is rising up and he is saying, I'm going to do a new thing. And it begins now. I'm going to make a way in the wilderness. I'm going to put rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. I'm going to do something new. Don't give up. You know, the elder brother, he was faithful. He worked in, 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 with the father all those years, and then the prodigal son came home, and the elder brother got angry. But you know what the father said to the elder brother? He said, son, all that I have is yours. And that's what he's saying to those of you who are faithful. He's saying, all that I have is yours. I know people, people have had thoughts in their hearts about maybe I should move on. Maybe I should go somewhere else. Maybe, maybe I need to go to another town that's more pretty. But those of you who are faithful, God is saying to you today, all that I have is yours. There is an inheritance that we have in God. It includes signs and wonders and miracles. It includes healing. It is a faith that is unshakable. It is 
the discerning, the gift of discerning of spirits is going to be opening. God will open your eyes. I remember a lady walking in, into the church, into a church one time, and you know, she was bent like this. And a young lady. And God opened my eyes. And I saw there was a big ape, a monkey, big ape on her back. A great big monkey was sitting on her back, a demon. And I went to her and I said, have you got a back curl? And she said, yes. And I just rebuked that thing and it ran out the church and she was completely healed. Hallelujah. Ask God for the gift of discerning of spirits. We... We were living in a in, in a home of where there were eight homes, um, all 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 in a, a cluster, and one of our neighbours asked us to look after her home while they went away. I went round one night to switch the lights on for her in the evening, and when I came back, I as I as I got to the top of our garden, I saw a mangy dog in our garden. So it was um, it was quite a length, probably from here to, to the back of the church. There, the dog began to run. Um, it was as clear as anything. As I began, as it began to run, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, "This is the discerning of spirits." It ran straight through Abe's office window, and I expected the glass to shatter, but it didn't. And the Lord showed us that this was the spirit of poverty that had come against the church. We were building a new church. And people were, were, were leaving every week because they said, why do you want to spend money on a new church? This church is perfectly fine. We said, but we have a vision for a bigger church. There's a harvest out there. I want to tell you, the church is, is thousands and thousands now. That first little building wouldn't have taken it. But the spirit of poverty will try and stop it. When, when we realized and the Holy Spirit showed us it's the spirit of poverty, we prayed against it and it all stopped. And we were able to build a church. This is our inheritance, church. I'm saying to you today, Let's rise up to a new level in God. Amen. Rise up to a new level and, and take somebody by the hand and say, come on. We're going to trust God together. Come on. We're going to rise to a new level. We're going to believe God for the impossible. We're going to see the invisible. We're going to be an invincible army. Hallelujah. We're going to believe that God wants to do something new. And I believe that what God is going to start doing, he's going to start doing some very significant miracles in our midst. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was ministering in Kenya and um, it was a new church that they'd asked me to come and help them open. And uh, so the church, it was like twice the size of this, 
but only half of it had a roof over it. So if it rained, the people at the back all got wet. And so the Lord just gave me a word. And, and I said, before I leave at the end of this week, you will have the money to put a new roof on this church. And they're like, okay, you know. And, and then I, I had asked the Lord for a significant miracle. And they, a little boy of about 10, he brought his little sister. She could have been four or five. And he said, she can hear and she can understand everything we say, but she's dumb. She can't talk. So we prayed for her that night. The next day, uh, in the meeting, I said, is that little girl here? And I saw there was excitement there, and they brought her forward. And I said to her, say, Jesus. You know, I'm trying to help her to talk. She says, I don't have to talk like a baby. I can talk now like my big brother talks. That was such a significant miracle that it touched the neighborhood. And then on the last night, an elderly gentleman came in very nicely dressed. And he came up to me and he said, I have been away from my village for many years, but now I have just retired and I've just come back. And he said, I see this church needs a roof. And he said, so I am going to pay for a new roof. <laughs> Hallelujah. Church, I'm sensing a new boldness in the spirit to declare that God is about to do significant miracles in our midst because people in Bradford need to know that Jesus is alive. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's have every eye closed, please. We never like to close a service without first giving you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you are here today and, and you have not ever asked the Lord Jesus to come into your heart, then I'm going to give you an opportunity now. Or if you're here today and you have gone far away from the Lord and you need to come back, I want to give you an opportunity now. To receive Jesus. So I'm going to count to three. And then on the count of three. Could Matthew could I have you on the piano please. On the count of three. I want you just to raise your hand. And, and we are going to help you. To receive Jesus. Are you ready church? One, two, three. Is there anybody here. Who wants to receive. God bless you my brother. Anybody else. You want to receive Jesus. You need to come back to Jesus. Are you sure that you know Jesus? I'm going to say that one more time and give you an opportunity to receive the Lord. One, two, three. Is anybody here need to lift their hand and say, I need Jesus? Would you come forward, my brother? I want you to come forward. I'll tell, I'll tell you why. Uh, are, you, are you able to walk? Every step you take, chains are broken. Every step you take, chains are broken. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I ask my husband to come up? You, you just stay down there, my brother. Okay. Church, will you help me? 
just help me to bring this man into the kingdom of God. Jesus loves you, my brother. Would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. Today, Lord Jesus, I admit I am a sinner. I ask you, wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from all sin. Today, I ask you to come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior, and I will serve you for the rest of my life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God is doing a new thing for you, brother, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Will you just go with my, my husband? They're going to give you a, a book to read and uh, a Bible. We, we all need Bibles, don't we? Now, now church, um, if, let's stand and sing something. What are we going to sing? Good Father. Good, good Father. All right, let's stand and sing. And if, 